Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Uh, I'm Tim Ryder. Uh, we have two guests with us today. Uh, two buddies from Metsmerized, Matt Brownstein and Jacob Resnick. Gentlemen, how are we? Doing well. You know, just a, another day in uh, in paradise uh, in, indoors. So, you know, can't get better than that. <laughs> and Matt, how's it going, man? Oh, Tim, just hanging in, man, you know, like Jacob said, just kind of, you know, taking it day by day and uh, just itching for, you know, just somewhat normalcy to return, but, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. <laughs> Guys, I, I can hear it in your voices. We are we are all uh, being worn thin. A little dejected. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the only one with a, a history essay due Monday, so I'll... Uh, I'll let you guys uh, enjoy your 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 uh, you know time lounging around. Oh, I'm still working, man. We are, we are, we're considered essential. I'm still at work every day. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. I consider myself very lucky to be uh, employed right now. So a yeah, lot absolutely. of people, a lot of people aren't. So <laughs> just uh, you know, being safe. No uh, no Seven Elevens. No no bringing my lunch every day. And uh, yeah, you know. Trying to hang in there. You guys been watching any of the uh, MLB the show, the uh, the Players League? To be honest, I have not touched it at all, except <laughs> for whatever. whatever no, not, comes, not a pitch. I, I can't get into it. <laughs> whatever, whatever comes across my my Twitter feed, you know, I'll, I'll play the quick highlights. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't get into it. Matt, anything? Have you no, same. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy like some of the banter and some of the conversations that the players have when they when they're doing this, but I just can't see myself sitting, you know, sitting there and watching them play video games, man. You know, I, as much as I want the sport to return, as I want some kind of you know entertainment back, I just can't, man. I can't do the I can't do the watching video games. <laughs> and I'll, same here. I'll be the first to admit that I play the game very frequently in my free time, and I, I enjoy it very much, but. Watching other people play it is is not a good uh, way to spend my time. <laughs> totally. Now, man. Do you guys watch any old games? Like I guess just you know just to watch some baseball. Like do you, do you catch yourself looking on YouTube and stuff like that, or or kind of just waiting waiting it out? Does this, does it not really scratch the itch? I watch like a lot of you. Like I'll watch a lot of YouTube clips. I won't watch, let's say, the full you know the full game that's on there. But like you know when I you know for Twitter and stuff, I'll go on and do on these days posts and stuff and I'll you know like watch like the five or six minute recaps that MLB does for all the games you know from 2019 2018 and so on and, and you know just kind of watch uh highlights and you know I'll go on baseball savant and you can pull up uh, clips I think that go back to 2018 of you know pretty much every play that happens on the field so if I want to you know see a on that happened on a specific date or a strikeout or some you know some monument uh, I'll uh you know pull that up but full of games no I haven't done that either man Watch a lot of movies though, and a lot of TV right. shows, but that's not it. <laughs> Jacob, what are you what are you up to? What does uh, does does already played baseball do anything for you? Actually, yeah, uh, yeah, I've, I've, right. yeah. I've been I've been consuming my fair share of games. Um, you know, mostly the ones that um, either SNY or, or MLB Network shows. Uh, to be honest, the SNY rotation is uh, pretty stale, but um, MLB Network is playing some good games, and you know, for me. Um, you know, I consider my, my baseball indoctrination years to be 06 through, uh, you know, 11, 12, those first few years of my, of my childhood. Um, so anytime one, a game from those years comes on, uh, I'm super excited to, to catch it. And uh, I don't know, you know, cause the games usually have some sort of, 
uh, you know, reason that they're showing them for, you know, like uh, Max Scherzer's MLB debut from 2008 was playing um, the other day on MLB Network. But, you know, that's only a part of the game. There's still the rest of the game, you know, when his team is batting. And so I, I enjoy kind of watching the uh, the small parts of the, the, the games that are known for a bigger reason, um, just, you know, to remember some, some guys and guys that you forgot about and you see some cool things that happened. Um, the, uh, I was watching a, a Brewers D-backs, uh, playoff game from probably seven or eight years ago. Um, is it Niger Morgan that had a, a walk-off single to send them to, uh, to the NLCS. So, uh, yeah, just just you know, I, I even though I know the outcome of, of, of the games, it's uh, it's fun for me to to kind of relive my my youth. Oh, definitely. Um, be, well, when, you know, when I wake up for work in the morning, uh, I, I, you know, any other time of the year, I turn on Sports Center, I turn on MLB Network, I, I watch uh, First Pitch and stuff like that. But with that not going on, and they're playing all these games, dude, I watched. Um, Game six of the 1991 World Series, uh, Minnesota and Atlanta. Uh, what was it? Maybe yesterday morning. Man, I don't know. I, you guys might be too young to remember him. And, and he was only, I don't want to say a flash in the pan, but um, his star burned out fairly quickly. Steve Avery, who, uh, boy, this guy, just electric, electric stuff. Uh, he was supposed to be, I guess, the, the fourth member of, of that, you know, that, that famous uh, Atlanta rotation. Right. Um, you know, it didn't really completely pan out, but boy, what an exciting, exciting pitcher. Uh, Kirby Puckett, of course, made that leaping catch and hit a home run later in the game, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that's been fun. I watched, uh, the 2011 World Series in its entirety, the Rangers Cardinals. Classic. Oh, what a great, great series. Dude, the Rangers were uh, in and out of way twice. Just un- unbelievable. Uh, unreal, but yeah, I, I I certainly get my kicks from watching uh watching old baseball. Um, you know, I guess it's it's fun to watch a game that we all know how it's going to end. Uh, it's even better when you kind of pick a random one that you don't know what's going to happen and just kind of pretend that it's it's live. Uh, and it's also cool to see I guess the changes in the game. Yeah, of course, the shift isn't as prevalent as as it is now, but um, just yeah, that, different approach, different you know, a, a whole different. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, just a whole ah, uh, well, I'm, I'm tongue twisted. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It's an old school form of baseball. It's just so much fun. No, I get where you're coming from, especially now. You know, it's great that MLB Network is queuing these old games up because, like you said, you get a chance to go back and relive these some of these classics. And and now, like you said, Tim, to to you know, with how baseball has kind of transformed over the last you know ten, fifteen, twenty years to to what we have now, to go back and watch these games and kind of see. You know some of the different um, uh, fundamentals and see some of the different uh, philosophies that the teams had and 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 kind of com- to compare and contrast uh, from then and now it's, it's pretty interesting and and especially to see you know guys that you know we haven't seen on TV in a long time and and you know see them in their prime years and 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 on the biggest of stages is it's something fun to watch and at least it's something that we can you know still have now and still watch and still talk about and and you know discuss at at nauseum but you know it's still it's still baseball which is which is important. Oh, for sure. And I think MLB um, really did the right thing by uploading so much content onto YouTube and, and stuff like that. And, you know, for a long time, they were very, uh, I guess, protective <laughs> over their digital content. Um, but, you know, it looks like it's it's really, you know, it's hitting off with the fans. And uh, that's always a plus. Uh, you guys caught any Korean baseball? 
I guess it was on Friday morning. I, I was at work. I didn't catch any, but yeah, I, I haven't. I um, I, don't, I guess th- those are on pretty pretty early in the morning, and I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm sleeping till till the early afternoon. So it's uh, nice. yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, I haven't been able to catch any, but it seems like you know people are are enjoying it, and, and they're uh, they're kind of experimenting with the no fans, and uh, you know who knows? I, I guess uh, Chris Flexen is one of the uh, <laughs> the only names that that's playing over there that that Mets fans would recognize, but. Um, now I haven't been able to catch any of the live games. I saw a little bit of it last week. Uh, the there's a noticeable, uh, I guess, step down in defense. A- incredible step down in defense. But um, it's fun to watch these pitchers who are just, you know, none of them are really overpowering. Uh, you know, I'm watching it on my phone or something, and I run downstairs. I took a picture of my uh, <laughs> my my I guess my speedometer in the car so I can get the the difference between kilometers and uh, kilometers an hour, or miles per hour. And, you know, these guys are touching low 90s. Some of them are in the mid-90s. But, boy, these uh, these off-speed pitches, all these funky arm deliveries, you know, it's fun. It's not Major League Baseball, but but it's fun. And some of the home run celebrations are fun, too, especially in the dugout. Some of these guys put on some real fun, like, whole, like, you know, choreographed things, which are always fun to watch. <laughs> it's, it's It really is cool. I, I'm not sure if I, can get, uh, if I can get on board with the robots in the stands, but... <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I did, I did see too. I'm sure you guys saw it too that uh, ESPN was inquiring about, uh, you know, for free getting the broadcast to, to some of these KBO games, and that was shot down pretty quick. But uh, you know, obviously they're trying to bring, you know, some any kind of baseball to to the airwaves now, which uh, you know, and I know they're still talking, I think, to other to other outlets. But uh, it'd be cool to kind of get them more more mainstream so we could, you know, take a look. Yeah, it sounds like um, Eleven Sports, who's been streaming it on Twitter. Uh, if anybody wants to watch or catch up, they have all of their content always on their uh, Twitter feed. It's uh, Eleven Sports, spelled out Eleven. Um, but yeah, they're saying I guess they're going to have uh, English speaking um, broadcasts. I guess from here on out, and uh, they'll they'll continue to make them available through their I guess on their social media outlets, but. You know, it's a plus, and it certainly it helps in the in the interim because uh, we haven't been getting much uh, much but bad news lately, and that's on on all fronts. Uh, Jacob, what do we know about the uh, potential minor league contraction that's on the table? Uh, there's ongoing negotiations. Can you fill us in, Bud? Well, the latest report this week was that um, you know M- MILB has kind of. Uh, come to terms with the fact that they're not really going to be able to do much um, in terms of preserving the 40 plus teams that are on the uh, on the chopping block, um, and I think a lot of that is just the nature of um, of the times and uh, with the current state of of uh, the economy and in, in the wake of uh, this pandemic, um, it's not uh, going to be easy for a lot of these teams to. Uh, continue operating. Um, so MLB is uh, kind of u- using that as a uh, as a reason for for pushing, continuing to push them out. Um, it's unfortunate. I mean, I I don't think uh, MILB is going to come out publicly and and say that they're uh, you know conceding uh, the fight. I think you know they've they've continued to say that the uh, the negotiations are ongoing, um, and I don't think anything will be officially announced until uh, an official decision is reached. So um, it, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, even without, you know, before we're talking about teams getting cut, um, 
you know, you think about all the teams that uh, are, are not active right now. We talk about the major league teams and how um, they have workers that, that need to get paid while, while there are no games being played. Um, but they're, they're, you know, countless more minor league teams. Um, they have employees, they have seasonal employees who, uh, who are looking forward to the games because that's, that's a source of income for them. But then there's full-time staff and that's their job. And, you know, they can't really do much now, um, other than produce, uh, you know, online content, but there, you know, there are no games to be played. So there's, there are no uh, promotions to be concocted and no, uh, you know, other, other fun stuff they do at the ballpark. So, um, you know, just the, the hundreds of people that are, are being affected by, the current situation and eventually will be affected by the, uh, you know, the, the, the PBA negotiations that are going to cut 40 plus teams. It's, uh, just kind of hard to, uh, to come to terms with. Oh, I think it definitely is. And, um, it feels like minor league baseball is being strong armed. It feels like that, uh, like you said, major league baseball found a way to exploit and, and speed up this process. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's certainly a tough pill to swallow, um, Matt. What, what, are, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Because I, I have thoughts, but I'm curious to see where your head's at. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, as you know, Jacob said, uh, it's it's tough for you know not only just uh, the minor league players and then just the organizations that would be potentially eliminated, but you know, talking about uh, all the seasonal employees and all just the you know the the full time employees that are, are without work right now and. And and just you know talking about the fans and talking about the people that in, in these communities that enjoy having these games and you know some of these some of these areas where they have these minor league stadiums and, and minor league teams you know they don't have any other real source of um, professional baseball and you know within hundreds of miles so you know to not have that and and to with just so much looming in terms of you know when will any sports be back uh, is just just a tough pill to swallow all the way around um, and there's just so many lingering questions. Obviously, you know, minor league baseball, major league baseball have to work out, uh, you know, this this negotiation, uh, which which ends, I believe, at the end of this year. Um, you know, with all that's going around with the economy and everything that's going on, uh, you know, they might feel, you know, minor league baseball might be a little strong on at this point, um, just because of the the nature of the economy at this point, like like what Jacob said, and uh, you know, it's a real shame. It's a real shame that it it, it had to come to this, and you know. I know MLB counters that, you know, with, with less teams, they can put more money into, you know, uh, better facilities and paying minor leaguers more. But, you know, you just think about all the money that they use to lobby uh, Congress to, you know, put that um, to put that uh, National Pastimes Act into uh, into into uh, losing losing my words down. <laughs> it, uh, what, you know what they did last year when when uh, Trump signed that into into act, uh, it, you know, really hurt them. And, and all that money that they poured into that could have been used to. You know, better support the the minor leaguers now, and to better support uh, the facilities and the training that they go through. And I just think, you know, having less teams and less players and, and less opportunities for for you know people to be employed, uh, not even just playing baseball, but having just jobs at these facilities uh, is is you know no good all around. Well, I mean, it, it definitely like <laughs> it made minor league baseball is is over the is over the barrel. I mean, um, sure they're struggling, but. What I think about, I think about, like you were saying, these small towns and cities, uh, small cities and towns that love, absolutely adore their minor league baseball. And it's a big part of their, of, of, you know, these cities and, uh, the people who live there. They, you know, this is a, it's a boost for the economy. It's the fabric of these communities. Uh, it's a part of the fabric, I should say. 
um, you know, you're pulling that out. Like, what happens to, to Binghamton? I think Binghamton is potentially on the block, right? Binghamton and Kingsport, yep. And Kingsport. Like, Binghamton, they they love that team up there. I think, I, I, I don't know, I, I've been up there a couple of times. They love them up there. Like, this is going to be a blow to the fans. And it, it's just, it's, it really is a shame, but what strikes me is the hypocrisy of a situation, and it's not just this situation. It's 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 everything as a whole. And I kind of touched on this on Twitter, and I'm gonna, I guess, sort of paraphrase it. But um, MLB, they're all about the kids. They 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 have big marketing pushes with the Play Ball initiative. They make a big show out of the Williamsport Players Weekend, um, and then that's it's great. It's cool. It's it does what it's supposed to do. It grows the sports. It grows the sport, and. Um, you know, it keeps the, the future pipeline full of kids who are motivated to make the majors uh, and, and talented enough, of course. Now, once those kids get drafted or once those kids sign their first professional contracts, they go from the future of the game and they transform into assets. Um, and, and MLB and, you know, it's one thing for Major League Baseball to stop caring. and I, I'm sorry, for, for Major League Ballplayers to stop caring because, you know, in, at the end of the day, these guys are going to take their jobs one day, or, or, or you know, some of them will. So you can understand the hesitance to for for some players to to speak up or what have you. But you know, for Major League Baseball and their teams to to shun these players, it's it just you know, these guys have enough to deal with. There's uh, poor living conditions, uh, you know, terrible salaries, um, just just the worst travel itineraries, you know, night long bus trips and then double headers the next day. It's, you know, and then these guys are left to prepare as professionals and they're expected to prepare as professionals, but major league teams aren't giving them the, the proper facilities and proper, I guess, avenues and support to do this. It's just, it, it's such a punch in the gut for them to, you know, turn their back on their minor league players and, and, you know, for all, intents and purposes, the, the future of, of the sport. And, um, and and now with this, you know, it's almost like they're taking advantage of a really shitty situation with the whole coronavirus thing. And it, you know, it, it's it's akin to ripping off a Band-Aid, but the Band-Aid is the, the full length of your body and, and it's, it's covering up for third-degree burns. Like, this is just such a really just painful situation for for everybody involved the, the employees the the players the communities everybody man this is um you know you got to hope there's a a plan to pick up the pieces afterwards um i know i i've mentioned it in the past when ty kelly was on the show we spoke to him and by the way folks check out ty's um advocacy group it's minor league advocates um you find them on twitter uh really it's a it's a really cool uh little project but you know, you have ah. Now I lost my train of thought. Give him Ty a shout out. But either way, bottom line, very very tough situation. Um, I hope the inter. This is what I was thinking. I hope I'm hoping the international leagues kind of turn into a almost a developmental league of sorts. Uh, influx of talent from the players who are going to lose jobs in minor league baseball, unfortunately. Um, you know, if, if these guys are still motivated to play, this is this could become a a minor league pipeline. And we've seen players from the Long Island Ducks, you know, go right back into the majors on a, a somewhat quick basis if they perform, you know, with the right eyes on the uh, on the uh, did I say the international leagues? I apologize, the Atlantic League, uh, 
with the right eyes on the independent leagues, it, it could, you know, it could really, I guess, streamline the whole process. And yes, is it a short end of the stick? Yeah, it really is. Is that type of situation? But you have to hope that, um, you know, at least some some positive some positivity can come out of this. I, I don't know. It just you yeah. know. Sorry, sorry. sorry. No, no, I did. <laughs> that was three in a row. Not bad. I've, never, I've never done this with two other people. It's usually just me and you two. Um, I'm sorry. I figured no, we'd no, no. the show back. Walked my way out. Um, <laughs> no, just kind of thinking about the perspective from both sides. Um, you know, when you said strong arm before, uh, that's really a, an apt way to describe it. Um, cause, you know, Major League Baseball, doesn't need minor league baseball in the way it's set up right now. And, but minor league baseball really needs major league baseball to, uh, continue to, you know, drive, uh, you know, talent and have the, the backing of these major league franchises. Um, you know, sometimes you look at, uh, I know I'll go back and look at Mets minor league teams from seven, eight, nine years ago, just at the lower levels. Um, and you see, full teams where maybe one guy ended up making the major leagues. Um, so you figure uh, from the major league team's perspective, why continue to fund and, and, and field uh, teams there and, you know, pay a full roster worth of players of guys who aren't going to make the major leagues when really the, the infrastructure is in place and there are enough, um, you know, team owned minor league franchises, you know, like the Mets own Syracuse, the Mets own St. Lucie, the Mets own Brooklyn. Um, you know, there are enough teams already in place that they can just kind of streamline everyone into those teams. Um, and, and it'll be a, a better allocation of resources for them. Um, you know, I hate to even speak like that because I don't want to make it look like for one second, like I'm supporting the major league baseball plan. Um, but you know, strong armed is, is, is really the perfect way to describe the situation. Matt, uh, I know you had something to say, buddy. I'm sorry. No, I, have do, okay. I have to do a better job of hosting and, and kind of <laughs> shooting these things the other way. And just keep in mind, folks, I'm still very new to this, but we're making it work, but please Matt, go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, and I think uh, Jacob made a you know a very valid point, and that's how you know Major League Baseball is looking at it, obviously from a business perspective, which you know you you can understand, I, I get it, but at the same time, you know with with how much they're putting into player development, um, you know especially you now as we hear, you know there's more and more books come out every year about player development and uh, you know how how teams are looking to obviously enhance the the quality of talent they have, even on the Major League roster now where guys are getting better and better. Um, you know, even at a time where a lot of people thought players wouldn't be getting better after a certain point when they hit a certain age, uh, you know, players are defying that now because of better technology and the data and the analytics and all that. So you would just think with all the, the money and the time and resources they're putting into player development at the major league level, uh, you know, that you would also get that more at the minor league level, which means getting better facilities, better, you know, better stadiums, uh, you know, updating, you know, Things that are broken down that need to be fixed over the time, over the years. Uh, you know, playing the, paying the players a, a livable wage, a livable salary, so that way they can, you know, have access to, um, you know, better equipment, uh, better nutrition. Uh, you know, I just, I, you know, I know a majority of, majority of players in the minor leagues don't end up making it and, and you know, paying off in the long run uh, as a major leaguer. But you know, you're also giving the guys that will make it, um, you know 
players that are obviously going to be going against them in the minor leagues to, to hone their skills um, and, and to get better. And I just think that, you know, not allocating the proper resources to the guys that are supposed to be the future, you know, even though it's, you know, few and far between of the guys that actually make it from the minor leagues that, you know, so the ones that don't, um, you know, you're still aiding the next crop of future talent and future stars for this league. So I would think they just want to do everything in their power to, you know, increase increase the talent and, and help them in the long run because, I mean, at the end of the day, without these players coming up, you know, we don't have a sport. Oh, and I think you hit it on the nose, the improper allocation of funds where, you know, for their, for Major League Baseball, who's a, you know, what was it, $13 billion they made last year, um, it would literally be a drop in the bucket to, to bring everything up to code and uh, or what have you. But, uh, right. you know, they're, they're choosing to go this route, and it's extremely depressing. But uh, on to brighter news. Uh, it seems like the, the, there's, a, there's potential for a New York Mets sale. Um, whether that be A-Rod, whether uh, our old friend Steve Cohen swoops back in, um, whether it's a conglomerate of the group, who knows? Uh, it, it almost, it, I know we've gotten our hopes up in the past, but does it feel real that this could actually happen? Um, Matt, we'll go back to you because you had to wait last time. Uh, you know, I don't know at this point. I mean, I guess I'd put it at 50-50. I thought the Steve Cohen deal was real. I mean, it basically oh, went to the, the 11th hour. <laughs> you know, um, that just kind of came crashing down where, and when it did come crashing down, everyone was just like, well, that's just, you know, LOL Mets, right? I mean, that, that was just, you know, we, we, we should have seen it coming. But I guess at this point, I mean, you know, the reports are out there that Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez have, uh, you know, are looking for investors uh, and, uh, you know, they're legitimately are interested in, in purchasing the Mets, which, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess you take it for what it is every day. You know, you get some new reports out there from, you know, there's been a lot of reporting from the New York Post um, about how obviously they, um, they're they involving J.P. Morgan Chase in the matter. And then there's the, the investors they're looking at. So uh, I, I want to believe it. And I want to say that, you know, this is a possibility. And obviously they're looking to take, you know, uh, and they, meaning uh, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez, are looking at the, the current economic uh, state of, of the country and, and maybe trying to get a better deal because everyone's, you know, saying that, listen, you know, the Steve Cohen uh, price that he was willing to pay without S&Y is, is nowhere going to be what, you know, the A-Rod and Jennifer Lopez deal is going to be. Uh, and especially if, if S&Y is not included, which the recent reports are saying that, you know, the Wolfpans are not going to include S&Y in that uh, since it is basically their, their biggest cash cow. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I guess I would put it at 50 50 at this point because uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, I felt, I felt very strongly about the Steve Cohen deal and I think a lot of fans did, but then it came crashing down. So I, I feel like Met fans are probably very skeptical in terms of any kind of deal at this point. Yeah. I, I guess you have to be skeptical. Um, especially I, I, dealing with the Wolpons. I mean, I think exactly. that's exactly. You never know what's going to happen. Jeff, Jeff Wilpon, I mean, presumably from what we hear from reports, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of threw a three and a half billion dollar deal out the window just because he wanted to keep control. But again, this could all be hearsay. It could be posturing. Jacob, what are your thoughts? Because I do see a little bit of optimism here, but uh, I'll save that for the end. Yeah, I'm I'm a little more optimistic uh, than I probably usually would be. Um in the sense that, um, you know, A-Rod's a baseball person and, uh, you know, Steve Cohen was a, is, or was and is a Mets fan. Um, but he doesn't have any previous 
uh, you know, history of working in baseball. Um, so I'd, I'd feel a little more comfortable, um, or at least the Wilpons would feel a little more comfortable with, um, handing the team off to someone who, uh, has the best interests of, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the Wilpons are Mets fans and, you know, they were and, and, and are, even if their actions, uh, you know, don't, don't, uh, give off that effect. But, um, yeah, I, I would, I would think they would be more comfortable handing the team off to, to someone who, who, you know, loves the game of baseball and, and has a baseball oriented mind, um, as opposed to, you know, someone who's just, uh, gonna pour money into the team and sit back and, uh, watch everything go by. So, um, you know, I, I'm certainly will not believe anything until anything actually happens. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little more curious, I would say, rather than optimistic. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of interested to see where this goes and who, who joins the A-Rod team and, and, or, or the, the J-Rod team, excuse me. Um, and, and, and just see kind of where, where this, uh, where this goes. But it is kind of hilarious that the Wilpons didn't take the deal and then, uh, you know, a pandemic hit and lost about a billion dollars of value off the team. So, um, I guess, I guess it's karma, but you know, <laughs> well, I mean, in the end, you know, we're the ones who are going to suffer the fans and, um, you know, I, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel, um, only because the, <laughs> the Wilpons are almost virtually painted into a corner. Um, I, I'm sure you guys saw uh, floating around Twitter, Laura Goldman, who's been featured on uh, in Bloomberg, uh, Business Insider, uh, Huffington Post. Uh, she's quoting a source telling her a current part owner. I'm going to quote, quote her tweet. Uh, current part owner of the Mets tells me, Laura Goldman, the team situation is dire due to the ongoing COVID-19 situation. Uh, they are facing big losses and capital calls, which some of the owners can't pay. Uh, she notes that Steve, uh, Steve Cohen's offer to buy uh, is even more attractive. I- I'm not sure what to make of that last sentence. It says, this makes Steve Cohen's offer to buy even more attractive. But from my, I had heard that that offer was, was pulled or that bid had, had ended. But, uh, you know, if he's still lurking out there and the Wilpons are in a situation that they're pretty much forced to sell the team, one, whoever buys the team is going to get it at a steep, steep discount. Um, and it makes it a, a more realistic scenario for a sale to take place. If the Wilpons have no choice but to sell, they can't wait for their their top price. They kind of have to get what they can get. And, uh, of course, the, the New York Mets are still valuable, are still still a very valuable organization. Boy, I got tongue-tied there. Um, but you have to, you know... It, just in a business sense, and I can't see how uh, there's not <laughs> very tough feelings and maybe a little animosity over on the uh, on the Mets ownership side for how the prior th- agreement fell through, because uh, you know that was their ticket out. Um, and I don't, I don't want to say a ticket out, but th- that was a golden ticket, man. That's you know you pay all your debts off and still go home with a couple billion dollars. That's that's a that's a good day, and. Uh, you know, that, that offer is not going to come back around for a while. And if, if they're really, you know, when I saw capital calls, I mean, that's, that's a, uh, not a death sentence, but boy, that's, it's, it's pretty darn close. I, you have to wonder, um, whether this process is sped up, um, whether, you know, if they go in, has, has there ever been a, there's been a professional sports team going to default at some point, right? 
There had to have been. I'm trying to th- rack my brain right now, and it's just see here. It's simply amazing. We go off the cuff. <laughs> Call me for surprise. I'm not sure 100. percent I mean, there, I'm sure there might have been, but uh, I can't think of one on top of my head right now. I'm gonna check right now, and I'm sure everyone's just on the edge of their seats waiting for this. No. Oh, the Hicks Sports Group. Hey. All right. So back in 2009, the owners of the Texas Rangers, Tom Hicks, uh, they were declared that they were in default. And I, I don't know if they kept uh, – I, I, again, this is all new to me. I'm not sure if they kept control of the team or what. But, yeah, this is uh, – it is chartered waters. So, um, you know, my, my point being – uh, the Wilpons have they they have to make a decision on this somewhat soon. It sounds like so. I think that bodes well for the future. I think that's going to get new blood into the the bidding, um, and we could see a sale. I, I'm not saying that this is informed stuff. This is my opinion. I just think we could see a sale sooner rather than later, and uh, that's a home run because it. I know I've heard someone say, "Oh, you know, you don't want new owners because it might be worse than the Wilpons." And, you know, the Wilpons have their good points, and now it's fewer than they used to be. But, uh, you know, anything is better than this at this point. You, I do, you have to think. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I do wonder, though, if SNY is going to be a sticking point. Because, you know, especially with the Wilpons, you know, outside of baseball, obviously their their big venture is real estate. And, you know, with the values falling as they are, um, you know, SNY remains, you know, a good cash cow for them. And, and I believe they have 10 more years remaining on that contract to, to broadcast night games in SNY. So I do wonder, you know, how much are they going to relinquish? You know, they, I think they have like 65 or 70 percent uh, stake in SNY. I, I do wonder if that's going to be a sticking point for the Wilpons, if they want to, you know, keep, you know, SNY and just move and just sell the Mets to this J-Rod group. Or if, they, you know, if the J-Rod group is going to, you know, demand that SNY be part of this because that is, you know, such a, a lucrative piece of, you know, the whole pie. It feels like I mean, without SNY, they lose money. I think that's where pretty much where the only money they make is. Right. Jacob, I'm sorry, Jacob, go ahead. I was just going to say it would be fantastic if, <laughs> if Alex Rodriguez becomes the next owner of the Mets. The package comes with SNY and every, uh, every, uh, you know, Every Friday night during the off season, we get a Rod fireside chats live on on <laughs> SNY. It, it would just be amazing. Nice. That, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, velvet smoking jackets, the whole nine, cigar and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe some Jennifer Lopez contra, uh, concerts, you know. Whole <laughs> shebang, man. Oh Pat- man, and you know, and like like Jacob, like you guys were saying earlier, like. A-Rod's a baseball guy. He's not going to come in here and, and, and accept losing. He's a professional athlete. He's a competitor. Um, and I, I mentioned this earlier in the week on Twitter. I'm very comfortable with Jennifer Lopez being a part of this. I think that she, you know, she's proven that she's good with her money. You know, she was, you know, very prominent, lucrative star from a very early age. And she's only gotten bigger. Uh you know, I think combined they're worth something like seven hundred million dollars. Like that's a that's a a big bid. I think that um that's right up there with a with a Derek Jeter. I know Derek Jeter. He's he's not a majority owner, but he, he's the face of that ownership group. And I, I really think uh, in Miami, I really think that A Rod could be a similar guy here. And uh, but with a 
a more of a, a flair to or a desire to, to bring a championship here. Because correct me if I'm wrong, he grew up a Mets fan, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And, right. and then obviously he almost became a Met in 2000, right? Ah, uh, you know, just give him the fucking plane. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still upset over this. Just give him the plane. Like, I don't care about the steroids. I don't care about any of that, bro. He would have put that team over the top. Oh, my goodness. Oh. What could have been? Imagine him and, uh, and Manny in the same lineup. Yeah, that almost happened a couple of times, Manny yeah. Ramirez to New York. Um, Barry Larkin was a trade that almost happened. Right. Yeah, yeah, the, I, we're, we're doing the uh, the 2000 recap over at Metsmerized, and I, I'm remembering, I'm, I'm you know refining all these great little nuggets. We could do a whole show on you know the uh, you know the Mets that could have been. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero, oh. Larkin. I mean, there's so many. Vladdy's probably my favorite player of all, at least of my generation. Always oh, up there for me too. Absolutely, oh, absolutely love him. Uh, so what do you guys got planned for the weekend besides, you know, hanging out? And, and Jacob, you have a history essay, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be grinding that next couple of days. <laughs> nice. What uh, What's the subject? It's actually a media history class. So Okay, cool. Uh, we're doing some, some uh, you know, looking back on some events of, of the past and uh, how we remember those events today thanks to the media at the time and uh, media since, so. Yeah, it's it's a fun class, and uh, I, I enjoy actually, you know, having some relevant topics rather than uh, you know talking about stuff that happened hundreds of years ago. Oh, I'm sure it makes all the difference when you're actually, you know, and it does make all the difference when you have interest in what you're doing. That's, that's yeah, half the battle. And Matt, what do you got going on, man? Not much, man. Just uh, still working from home, uh, so I'm, I will be working this weekend and uh, hopefully trying to get some time in to transcribe three interviews that I've just been putting off and off and off, but I definitely need to get those done. So working in that. You got Howie. You got freaking Howie Rose. I did, man. That was a lot of fun. That's the next one I'm going to transcribe. I have, I got to do Howie Rose. He was he was a treat, man. I got to talk I could to him only imagine. Yeah, he was fun, man. I mean, he was so he was just very engaging. I mean, he's basically you know what you hear on the radio is what you get. Like, he's very engaging, just so informative. I mean, the guy is just a, a met encyclopedia. So yeah. uh, talking to him was a lot of fun. So that should be the next one I get up. Oh, that's awesome. I'm look, definitely looking forward to that. And there was another one that I, you just shared recently, and I said, oh, I can't wait for that one. Who else you got coming out? Uh, so I got Howie Rose, uh, Ruben Amaro Jr., uh, yeah. former Philly GM and Mets first base coach, uh, and still got to do Eric O'Flaherty. Apologies to Eric O'Flaherty, man. I interviewed Eric O'Flaherty back in, like, February, and I still, <laughs> still haven't done it. So uh, it, those three will be out, hopefully, in the next few weeks. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, man. Oh, cool. All right. Well, guys, I think that's, uh, I think that'll do it for this week. Um, you know, let's just hope baseball's back soon. We're going to try for, uh, weekly shows, have a couple of guests we're working on, but, uh, you know where to find us. Simply amazing. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, subscribe, rate, review, keep it locked on to Mets Mirage and Mets Miners. Uh, Jacob, anything coming out on Mets Miners on your end, bud? I know you guys just finished up your top 30 prospect <laughs> countdown. Yeah, we finished up the top 30 and, uh, we're slowly moving on to, uh, you know, top five by position. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's tough. This time of the year, we're, we're relying on our, our game recaps and our, you know, prospect profiles and checking in on how the guys are doing. And then unfortunately, there's none of that. So, um, it, you know, we're just kind of stretching our offseason content out over into these, uh, you know, coming months. Yeah. 
I'm about to start. I'm about to pick up Stratomatic for the first time in like ten years. I was I was gonna mention that because I just the other day pulled that off the shelf for the first time in maybe five or six years. That's and, awesome. Uh, I broke it out. I have the uh, the 2008 card set, so I'm, I'm reliving my my eight year old Mets season. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I played. Um, I played. You guys know Ted Berg used to write for USA Today for the win. Um, yep. He has his uh, quad A baseball trivia. Usually it's at the landline bar in Brooklyn. Uh, last night, Thursday night, he did it online. He did it uh, through a stream. Uh, it was fantastic. And I'm playing with Larry Fleischer, um, a freelance writer for the Associated Press and Forbes, I believe. And, uh, yeah, he was telling me he used to work over it. Uh, I guess it was part-time work with, uh, with Stratomatic over up in Glen Cove or Glenhead, North Shore of Long Island. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was just thinking, I'm like, boy, I was just thinking about that. And now Jacob, too, making a comeback. I know Joe, Joe D for Metsmerized was, uh, they were, I guess, doing the, I guess, this season. And I think it's still going on now. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's oh, fun. It's great. You know, to get the, I assume you're, you're playing with the cards and not online, but, um, and, you know, just to, to roll the dice and, and read the cards and check the uh, check the charts, all I have a lot of fun with that. Well, we got <laughs> Stratomatic. Um, I wanted to try and talk about puzzles. It's my master plan to get Keith Hernandez on the on the show, but we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait wait on that one. Puzzles are coming next time, Keith. We promise. Puzzles and, and Haji. We'll talk about Haji for like a freaking hour if you come on the show. I promise. Uh, all right, guys. I think that'll wrap it up. Everybody have a nice weekend. We will see you next week. And, uh, boy, whenever it comes back, I just can't wait to scream, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.